Folks, Barry Trotz has finished interviewing with the Winnipeg Jets. I have some thoughts on what that might mean for Winnipeg's chances and whether or not this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. And, you know, what are the odds that the Jets are actually going to be able to convince Barry Trotz to sign for Winnipeg? We'll also talk about a couple of the uh, the current playoff matchups. Uh, we had a couple of really fun ones between Colorado and St. Louis, uh, as well as Tampa Bay versus Florida. You'll hear more about those games in just a little bit, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, like I mentioned, I had a couple of topics on hand. Uh, the first I wanted to go over is Barry Trotz and the interview process with the Jets. Uh, we don't actually have a lot of details on what happened between the parties, but I have some suspicions about what I think the next steps are and ultimately Winnipeg's likelihood of signing Trotz. We'll also talk about the NHL playoffs and what has happened between um, a couple of major rivals you have the Battle of Florida, and you also have two central Div- division rivals between uh, St. Louis and Colorado, both going at it for game two of round two. Uh, but first, let's start off with trots. This has been uh, obviously a very, I would say, nervy time for Jets fans, maybe one of anticipation, uh, but mixed with that a bit of uh, anxiety, right? Because Barry Trotz right now is probably I would say the biggest uh, coaching free agent available on the market, certainly in terms of experienced coaches, you're really not going to find anyone better. Uh, You know, there's just not that many candidates out there that I would say are really worth NHL teams actually trading for, uh, not trading for, but like signing, right? You know, in, in terms of free agents, there's just a very thin market and a very limited pool. So for Winnipeg, this means that there's a lot of competition and Trotz actually finished his interview without signing a contract. And I think a lot of people are like, well, you know, this is just part of the process. Trotz is going to, you know, go through his options, go through the interviews and find out, you know, what his choices are. But I think the, the harder reality for Jets fans is that the likelihood that Winnipeg is actually able to sign Barry Trotz is very low. I would say, um, among the candidates for his signature, the Jets are probably, somewhere last on the list. I just don't really think that despite him maybe being a little bit more local to the area and certainly coming into a team that is very talented and has some, you know, quality options to work with. I just don't see how this team is more appealing than maybe moving back to the Metro division uh, again and joining the Philadelphia Flyers or going to LA, Uh, not LA, but to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I know that Philadelphia is kind of a mess, but You know, for Trotz, he's very familiar with the Eastern Conference and especially the Metro Division. He's had plenty of experience 
both as a, a cup winner with Washington and as a pretty good playoff performer um, with the New York Islanders. So if he goes to Philadelphia, I think he would actually be an okay fit for that team in certain areas. Uh, defensively, that squad could really use an overhaul in how um, their skaters kind of respond to situations and stuff. But, you know, by the same token, that team is probably closer to uh, a rebuild than it is being competitive. I, I just don't really know what the state of that team is long term. So I don't know if Trotz would be my ideal pick for a team like Philadelphia, but certainly he can't really hurt the situation. Uh, and you look at Vegas. Vegas, I, I honestly don't know about the fit there either, other than that, you know, you've got some old, old Caps connections. Um, I, I forget if Trotz was actually around uh, when uh, the current Vegas front office was there. But, you know, either way, I, I could see that potentially being an option, uh, you know, and also because he's, I believe, from Manitoba, you know, all of the Manitoba and Winnipeg folks apparently end up in Vegas for some reason. Who knows why that is? Um, I, I know some of the staff there are, are locals and, and partial to that region. But in terms of what Trotz would do for Vegas, um, he might be able to consolidate some of the veteran talent into something a little more cohesive. I know that Trotz tends to be a guy who is very veteran focused, and that does come at the expense of youth players, which with where, where Vegas is at cap wise, I, I think that could actually kind of backfire too. Um I think the Knights would need to be a little bit more progressive. And honestly, they're just built to be faster. So I don't know if playing like a more stifling defensive style with hard hitting heavy hockey is exactly what the, you know, the the Knights should be looking at, but um, you know, he's certainly an option. And I think with Vegas having pretty fun living conditions uh, and likely a a salary, that's going to be pretty, pretty darn hard to beat, you know, for most other NHL teams. I just feel like the Knights make the most sense. They're also a lot closer to playoff contention than most of his other choices. And he's going to get to work with Jack Eichel. He's got, you know, Mark Stone and some other phenomenal players out there, Shea Theodore. And I just feel like in looking at everything that you could possibly want, if you want a cushy landing spot after getting fired, Vegas is it. That all kind of brings me to the Jets. I, I think Winnipeg is probably pretty far back on the list, unless there's a big surprise. And I don't think that fans should be super upset about this. On the one hand, it might mean Randy Carlisle comes in, which uh, given the links to the Jets, I I wouldn't be shocked. Carlisle, it's a scary prospect. I'm not going to lie. If Carlisle joins the Jets, you can probably just kiss the next few seasons goodbye. I feel like we're basically going to be tanking because unless Carlisle has really learned a lot and changed the way that he fundamentally coaches Uh, In the time that he's been off from the NHL, I just don't see a scenario where this hire works out. I know people were like, well, you know, pump the brakes on on Dave Lowry. And, you know, a few games in, I kind of got the sense that Lowry wasn't going to be it. I felt that almost from the start, he just was not the guy. And unfortunately, we were right about this. Uh, We were also kind of right that Paul Maurice probably wasn't the guy to take the Jets to the next level and win a cup. He got close once. He did. But after that, he was never really able to replicate his success. So, uh, you know, Carlisle for me, I just see a lot of red flags and I don't really see a reason for the Jets to hire him other than that he's just an ex-Jet himself. I would prefer Winnipeg to look internally at some of their options um, and also explore some of the more creative free agents. Maybe there's a college coach out there or something that's got 
some really cool progressive ideas. And while they might still be raw in terms of pro experience, you know, you let them learn on the job. You kind of accept that maybe next season is going to be rough and work from there to try and build something for the future that is more sustainable. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that Trotz would like sink this team necessarily, but I also don't know that he would be the one to really steer it in the right direction either. So if Trotz does spurn the Jets and ops for Vegas, don't be sad. I think it's just the way it was meant to be. And I think that Winnipeg still has enough and still has uh, some interesting options on the coaching market to where losing Trotz is not the end of the world. As much as the media will try and make it seem like this is like worst case scenario, you know, take a chill pill. The Jets are going to do what they're going to do. And in this situation, they only have so much limited control. Uh, they're whining and dining trots as best as they can. And I think for me, that's enough. I'd be curious to know your thoughts, though. Let me know at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Also drop your thoughts on the potential trots hiring or, well, rejection from trots as well uh, in the YouTube comments below. Are you happy, sad? Do you feel nervous, excited? Let me know, and I'll talk about the fan reaction on a future episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. For now, though, I did want to transfer to uh, some NHL playoffs talk, which we had a couple of really cool matchups this evening. Uh, before we go any further, though, do want to shout out our wonderful folks uh, and, and friends at Built Bar. If you've heard me talk about Built Bar before, you know that I'm personally a huge fan. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Their current uh, special flavor is brownie butter puffs, which, you know, you imagine brownie butter and dipping your finger in. It's delicious. It's uh, super rich and decadent, but it's also a little bit guilt-ridden because obviously this stuff has a lot of fat, a lot of calories, a lot of sugar, and that's where Bilt Bar comes in. Bilt Bar gives you all of the flavor of a delicious brownie batter mixture, but at only 140 calories and loaded with 17 grams of protein, it's super good for you. Where else are you going to find a protein bar that tastes this good and gives you such a protein punch without any of the guilt associated and, you know, minimal sugar and carbs? Built Bar's got this great flavor, but they've also got many others. And if you can't decide, get their mixed box of 12 flavors so that you can choose your new favorite and find something just for you or even for one of your friends or family members. While you're at it, you know, you might also consider giving them uh, a really good uh, checkout for all of their variety of flavors and textures. They've got some really cool flavor styles like puffs, which uh, some of them have had marshmallow before. Um, Churro puffs was one of my personal favorites a while back. But if you're looking for a more basic flavor, raspberry dark chocolate for me is a personal recommendation. To place your order, go to built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are continuing our 2022 NHL playoffs coverage. Before we kick back into some of the uh, action from game two of round two, just wanted to uh, say thanks again for choosing to make Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. I also highly recommend that you check out Locked on Now. It is the easiest way to get nightly recaps of every NHL game with expert analysis from our local podcasters. We've got great little takeaways and, and vignettes so that you always get the most important parts of the game without any of the uh, extra fluff delivered straight to you on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And most importantly, it is free. You can find us on all the same podcasting platforms that we're on, like, you know, Odyssey, 
uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Give Locked On Now a follow. Uh, I submit Locked On Now content during the regular season as well, so be sure to check that out. And again, thank you so much for your support. Now, speaking of uh, action from around the NHL, you know, we're, we've got plenty of coverage from across our network. Um, and, you know, we've got a couple of games that I think are actually worth maybe checking out perspectives from Locked On Panthers, Locked On Lightning, Locked On Blues, and Locked On Avalanche, because these series have had some very interesting twists and turns. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Florida has been one of the more, I don't know if I can call it surprising, but I suppose people might say that. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay won the first game and it was a little bit, uh, a little bit surprising for some folks, but you know, the Panthers had some issues and then thanks to a reversed, uh, goaltender interference call that was a bit questionable, uh, you know, Tampa Bay suddenly found itself getting the momentum. They had a power play off of the failed challenge from the Panthers and they ended up running away with the game on the, on the paper, you know, on the scoreline. It looked a lot, uh, a lot more in favor of the Lightning than I think the game itself was. But game two was pretty closely run. I do think that the Panthers generally had the edge in play. Uh, Florida was peppering Vasilevsky, and especially towards the end of the game, um, the Panthers were really starting to push. And you could sense that, you know, the Panthers were probably just inches away from winning this game. Uh, it was 1-1 heading into the last few minutes of regulation and Florida, you know, the, the power play was a little bit mediocre, but, you know, the, the even strength play was very good. And Vasilevsky was constantly being tested. And right before the end of the third period, Vasilevsky made this crazy save. I don't remember who the shooter was, but Vasi had basically come out at a pretty decent angle, uh, roughly diagonal to the shooter, and had managed to cut down just enough of the angle to where his glove deflected the shot. And it was a pretty hard shot, mind you. Uh, that was going far post. He tipped it away and suddenly it became a counter for uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And literally there's like 30 seconds left. Tampa Bay goes up the ice and Mackenzie Weger for some reason just made a bit of a baffling read. I think his partner is Ekblad. Um, whoever his partner was, was already covering the Tampa Bay puck carrier behind the net. And that suddenly left, I think it was, uh, Ross Colton wide open on the left side, completely unmarked. Weger had his back to Colton. It set up a perfect, easy pass uh, from behind the back of the net, and Colton just sort of tapped it home. I mean, there was really not much that he had to do. I mean, certainly he did elevate the shot, and it wasn't the easiest, easiest angle, but considering how good Bobrovsky had been for most of the game, um, this was probably as easy a chance and as clear a chance as Tampa Bay was going to get. And, you know, with like three and a half seconds left, Tampa Bay goes up 2-1 and they win the game to take the series lead to nothing. I think the Panthers can be kind of irritated with their own performance. Uh, this was, it's a mixture of luck and also some issues uh, with their performance against Tampa Bay's veteran experience encounters. Um, I don't know. I just feel like as much as I've wanted to say that Tampa Bay has slowed down and is, and is older and struggles at times, you know, kind of like the Penguins, John Cooper always seems to find ways to optimize the lineup and really make this team click in the most important moments. And sure, you could say that Tampa Bay has been getting lucky here and there, and I do think that is 100% true. But also, they've just been very opportunistic. You know, if, if the Panthers give them 
even an inch, they take a mile. And I think that that is something that, you know, the Panthers can't really allow to happen. Their special teams also can't keep getting stifled. If your power play is not really cashing in at all, that's going to be a serious problem. Uh, the Panthers are really reliant on on running up the score and ripping teams apart with great passing, uh, expert vision, and, and you know, perfect tic-tac-toe sequences that you really can't stop. And yet Tampa Bay has kind of stood tall. They've weathered the storm. And yeah, it is questionable that uh, they can do it continually for like another couple rounds to win a cup. But this team has won multiple titles before. They're up to nothing against the number one ranked seed coming into the postseason. Things are just uh, kind of looking up for the Lightning. I think that Tampa is probably on a really good track to make it to at least the conference finals, if not one at one point in the near future, the Stanley Cup finals, because I'm looking at the rest of the field and there aren't many teams that I think Tampa Bay would be particularly concerned about, especially if they hold the series lead and go on to advance. But, you know, it is only two games in. Um, I do think the Panthers are probably not going to make it through. Uh, I, I had thought that Florida would have a big bounce back game and they were still pretty darn good, but it wasn't enough, you know, so now they have to go on the road against Tampa and that is going to be brutal to have to go into Amelie and at least win one with such a hostile imposing atmosphere. So yeah, if you're a Panthers fan uh, right now is not feeling so great, but uh, you know, you'll probably still have a modicum of faith. And all I can say is, Good luck, and uh, may the force be with you. There was one other game tonight, aside from uh, Tampa Bay versus Florida, that uh, had a pretty interesting scoreline. This one was a little bit different than you might expect. Um, Certainly, St. Louis and Colorado have really been scrapping recently, and we'll talk about what happened in this series-tying game in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, do want to shout out the wonderful partners at BetOnline. Uh, our partners at BetOnline continue, continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Uh, if you can, you can find out the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, uh, you know, constant UFC fights, and even next season's NFL futures. If you're not into any of that, no problem. They've also got stuff like F1, European football. Of course, they've got us, uh, Winnipeg Jets hockey covered, um, game scores, season predictions, all the fun stuff, and if you're not into sports, they've also got Vegas casino games. So really, all your bases are covered. BetOnline really is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more. Getting started really couldn't be easier. Just go to BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account and get started with all of the action you can handle. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are wrapping up our uh, Game 2 coverage of at least the first day of Game 2s. We've got some more stuff coming up um, on Friday, which if you're listening to this on Friday morning, you've got this evening New York versus Carolina and Edmonton versus Calgary at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, which I think is going to be super exciting. So I'm looking forward to tuning into that. If the if the first game didn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what you were doing, but... Um, I'm sure most of you were probably watching this game and just marveling at the scoreline. That was absolutely insane. Uh, for game two of St. Louis versus Colorado, I was kind of shocked. I mean, St. Louis had a wonderful outing. This was probably one of their most balanced efforts of the postseason so far. You know, the Blues haven't been great, 
but, you know, Colorado, I think this is a serious test for St. Louis's defensive structure because the, the Avs have really improved defensively. So it's not like you can just kind of rely on their in uh, in zone defense collapsing completely. And that means that you then have to deal with a really fast paced counter with excellent high end skill like Rontanen, McKinnon, uh, even Burakovsky is pretty decent at chipping in some goals. Um, Landeskog, of course, is still very veteran, experienced, and talented as ever. Uh, so, you know, this team, it's got a lot of depth. It's got a lot of speed. But, you know, coming into the first period, it didn't seem like Colorado had quite the, the pep in its usual step. Uh, they were a bit behind. I thought that the Blues were faster, stronger. Uh, they were more defensively sound. And by the end of the first period, I think St. Louis was out shooting them something uh, along the magnitude of like 17 to 9. I don't remember the exact count, so it's a little fuzzy, but you kind of get the idea. The Blues were generally out shooting Colorado, but I think the only thing you know St. Louis would be upset about was that getting to the slot was kind of a challenge. It's just there weren't many gaps. Um, the Avs were clogging the slot, and the Blues were actually doing the same. It was kind of like watching uh, five Chris Russells at each end of the ice basically sprawling out to block everything. Uh, and it certainly made for pretty sloppy hockey. Uh, very exciting as the game started to wear on. But St. Louis ended up taking the lead first. And uh, I, th I think this was actually off the stick of David Perron. Uh, no, this one actually was the Jordan Cairo goal. And if you didn't see the Cairo goal, this one was kind of neat because it was kind of like a deflection or something off of the defender stick as Cairo was being marked and really hassled heading towards uh, heading towards um, Darcy Kemper. And the shot sort of tipped over the stick and kind of fluttered, but at a really high speed. And Kemper just, he wasn't really expecting it. He thought that there might be a low shot or something. It arced much higher than he was expecting, went right over his shoulder, and he couldn't adjust in time. Uh, not long after that, you know, towards the end of the first period, David Perron notched his first of the night on a power play goal. You don't want to give the Blues power plays. I mean, you just, you just can't really have free opportunities. I will say that the officiating let a lot of stuff go except for very specific moments, and those moments I'm sure probably irritated Avs fans. But uh, after a scoreless second period, you went into the third, and starting off the third period, the Avs got a bit of a cheapy. I, I didn't really see a hook uh, that was called. I think it was just sort of a makeup call because they were kind of letting things go and the Avs hadn't really had any power plays on the night. So uh, Gabriel Landeskog ended up capitalizing to try and cut the deficit, but not long after that, David Perron did David Perron and scored on a two-on-one. This uh, opportunity, I think Kemper is going to be upset about. The shot just sort of leaked through his glove. He had the glove position decently well enough, but didn't really have it set properly. And the puck tipped, I think, off the, the edge of it and went under his glove and into the net. So, yeah, not a great night for uh, Colorado. Offensively, they didn't really start rolling until probably the second half into the third period. Uh, defensively, I thought that they were pretty decent. And they were creating decent looks uh, at the other end of the ice. In fact, I think they probably had uh, the majority of the high-danger scoring chances, but it just really didn't uh, amount to much. Um, and Jordan Bennington was extremely good for the Blues again this postseason. He's put on a pretty good clinic, so you're going to have to be a lot sharper if you want to beat him. And, uh, you know, St. Louis with the empty net goal, 
wins 4-1. They tie the series. I didn't think it was going to be a sweep, and I still suspect it's going to be maybe six or seven games. I just don't think the Blues, with, with as much veteran experience as they have and the quality of the roster, which has some great shooters and some intriguing young talents who have started to find their way over the past couple of seasons, this is a, a bit of a sleeper team. I don't think that they're still going to finish the series on top. I do think Colorado will put two and two together, but we'll see. You know, the abs are, are pretty cursed when it comes to round twos, uh, but maybe this is the time when they break the trend and start to show us a little bit more like Toronto was hoping to do in round one. I would be curious to know your thoughts if you've been watching these games. Maybe you think uh, the Blues are actually ready for another cup win under Craig Berube. Uh, let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets or in the comments below. For tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, next week, you can anticipate some thoughts on Friday's game, as well as the weekend slate of playoff games. By the time Monday rolls around, I think we're going to have uh, probably game three and game four just about ready. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's been a really fun round two. And, uh, you know, then not long after that, conference finals are going to be rolling up. And let's just say I can't wait because I think the cup finals are going to be awesome. But again, like I said, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!